Open your Bibles, if you will. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 in just a moment. We are starting a brand new series on the home. Now, when you think of home, all kinds of emotions just rise in your, in your head. If you've come from a good, solid home where there was unconditional love, where there was that, you know, that you belong feeling, and there's, you know, just that mercy, grace, forgiveness. You know, you didn't have to earn favor with your parents or with your, your uh, siblings. If you had that kind of a home, it was just a fantastic home. You, you really want your kids to have that. Amen? You, you, you want to be able to pass down to your children your, the great experience that you had growing up. But if you didn't have that experience, you didn't have that security, you didn't have that rest, you didn't have that unconditional love, you didn't have that unconditional forgiveness, then the same thing is true with you. You want, you long to pass down to your kids those wonderful things emotions, those truths, right? You want your kids to feel secure. You want them to feel and understand unconditional love. Amen? I mean, so whether you had a great experience growing up or you had a difficult time, we all are in the same boat. We want our children to feel secure. We want our kids to grow up in an atmosphere where there is that unconditional love, that rest, that peace, that comfort of a genuine, real, blessed home. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And then we're going to talk about the next few weeks, basically how to raise children and what the Bible says. Because the Bible talks about home a lot because guess what? God created the home. Okay, so he talks about the home a lot. So open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6 this morning. And we're going to get into this. But again, we are happy that you were here And we hope that we can have just a little small part in blessing you and your family as they go back to school. Uh, As we grow, we're a brand new church. As we grow, we want to do even more for families that uh, kids are going back. We just want to be a blessing to the community. Look with me, if you will, at verse 5. And if you don't have a Bible, it's not on your phones. You can look up here at the screen. It says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Now, he's getting ready to describe, he's going to tell us how we can have that wonderful home life experience that we talked about, okay? Deuteronomy is going to tell us that. God's going to tell us that through Moses. But it's interesting who he starts with. You'd think he'd start with kids, right? These ornery kids, you have to train them just, I mean, they're difficult children, right? But he doesn't start there. Notice where he starts. Notice the first word. He says, you. So when it comes to this great family, this life that we want for our kids, God starts with you. Notice he didn't start with the family. He didn't start with the marriage, the children. He actually starts with you. Now, now notice he singles us out as individuals. So before he shifts focus to the children... And this message is short, so I can really just go for a short time because the the workers back there told me that I have to keep it 
short. Okay, so we're going to do the best we can. All right, so before he turns to the kids, he's focusing on us. Now notice what he says here. He says, you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might. Those three hours. Now, when you think about the heart, it's talking about the innermost part of our being. You talk about the soul, it's the will, emotion, and intellect, okay? So then it talks about the might, that's the physical part of our being. So what God is referring to, and it's really great, before he shifts and tells us how to have this great family, he starts with a relationship with you. Do you see that? I mean, the heart, the soul, and the mind, that, that is a deep intimacy, a deep relationship. Before we can have this great family, God focuses his attention on us. In other words, before we can have what we want with our families, God wants a relationship, a deep relationship, just not a surface relationship. It's not religion. It's love the Lord with your heart, your soul. Your it is a deep relationship, not with the marriage, not with the family, with specifically, notice what it says, you. Isn't that cool? He starts with us. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind. That's not a, rela- or that's not a religion, is it? You know, it, and it, it's, you, know you, you, you kind of want to drop your kids off. You want to go to church because you want your kids to learn how to have character. You want them to learn the stories of the Bible. But God says, I mean, that's, that's admirable. But he said, really, it starts with you. It all starts with you. So we have to ask the question, why? Why does God start with us and not just having us be religious that attend a church, but it's more, it's more an intimate relationship with him? Why? He goes on, he tells us, because if we really want to learn, genuinely love our kids, we have to learn from him. We have to learn how he loves us. If we want to learn unconditional forgiveness and how to forgive our kids and genuinely from our heart and not hold stuff over them and punish them for years because of what they... I mean, we have to learn that from God. The grace, the mercy, all of that wonderful love that he has for us. I mean, we can't get that from the world. We can't get that from any other place. In other words, it starts with us understanding him. And that is a deep relationship. And I think that's what he wants from us is to have that relationship so we can understand who he is and how much he loves us, and how wonderful he is, so that when how he treats us, we can in turn treat our children. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We are more important, are just as important. Now, this is what the Bible says. We are just as important as his beloved son. That's what God says in John chapter 17, verse 17. Okay, so it's, so it's very interesting here that God says to have this wonderful family life, it starts with you and a deep relationship with him, okay? It starts with you. Then go to verse 6. Notice here he doesn't shift his attention yet. He's still on me. He's still on you. Notice what it says. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. Now notice these words that I command you, that's still talking about the word of God, or it is talking about the word of God. Okay, so... This book. So first he says in verse 5, he wants this intimate love relationship with us where we love God. Okay? Then he shifts it and says, Your word, my word shall be upon your heart. Now, now grab a hold of this for a second, okay? He's saying, you know how people constantly tell you you have to read the Bible. You have to get into the Bible. 
you need to. And it's constantly pushing you. And you say, oh, man, i got to read. Just to read the book in a year, I've got to read four to five to six chapters every day. That's pretty hard. I mean, I ha- so you get up in the morning, you do it for about three weeks, and then you're what? Toast. Anybody with me? I mean, when you... So it's interesting how he puts the love relationship before he talks about the word on your heart. What God is saying is we don't have to, it's, it's not like we have to push through. That's not the attitude. You have to, you need to, or I'm going to judge you, read this book. You have to white knuckle it. You have to push through. That's not what he's saying because he put the love first. Now listen very carefully. Here's the idea. If you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might, then you want to, listen, you want to know what this God that loves you so much, what he has to say to you. See the difference? When you're in love with somebody, you want to hear what they have to say about you. You want them to brag about you because they love you so much. See, if we are that deep in a relationship with God, we want to know God's will for us. We want to know what he says about us. In other words, we want to, have a conversation with him where he speaks to us from his word and we speak to him through prayers, okay? So, so it's not that I have to. Here, here's the idea. It's that I want to. See the difference there? I want to know what God has to say to me because I love him and he's only got my best interest at heart. See, religion says you got to push through. You got you to come to church. You got to do all these things, but Christianity, I mean, the person that really, see, most Christians, they just go through the motions. Can I just say that? Can I say that? We just, we just kind of go through the motions. But a person that's really in love with God, they want to know. So they're in the book. It reminds me, go to, um, or just look at the screen here, Psalms chapter 1. David is describing this type of a believer. He's talking about the same believer that Moses is talking about in Deuteronomy. Look what he says in verse 1. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. That's what the word blessed means. Happy is the man that doesn't turn to the world to get its wisdom. That's what it says. It says, uh, doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners. In other words, the person that's in love with God doesn't turn to the world to hear all that they have to say. And that's not what they're yearning for. Then notice verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord is just another description of God's word. So the person that's in love with God is in this book, and he's constantly listening to, reading, and wanting to know what God has to say. Why? Because it's his, notice the difference, it's his delight. A vast difference. Okay, I want to get into it because I love God. Now, so he loves the Lord and he's happy and he longs to get into the word on a consistent basis. It is his joy. It is his delight. Now, most of our delight is in our what? Football, basketball, fishing. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) we have all these wonderful things that we're involved with and we love to do but this is the same idea except we're in love with him and we want to know what he says now now look at the next verse look at verse three 
This is the results. This is what we're talking about, this wonderful family. This family that God's blessing, God's hands upon. Notice what it says. He shall be. The person that's in love with God, and he's longing to hear what God has to say, and he's crying out to God. He's, he's praying to God. There's this communication. That person is described right here. Notice what it says. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. The tree that's planted by the water, man, they're constantly refreshed. Look what it says. It's fruit. It yields that, it's by the, the tree by the water, yields its fruit in its season. In other words, the person that's in love with God and he's in the word, he is a, or she is a fruitful person. Bears fruit. Okay? What kind of fruit do you want to be? Well, you want this great family life. That's what we're talking about. And then it says, and its leaf shall not wither. Okay? So you're always refreshed. But it all starts with your love with God. This relationship, this deep relationship with God. And then he goes on, and all that he or she does, what's it say? Shall prosper. In other words, God's going to bless and prosper this home life. Everybody see this family, this home that we long for. Every one of us want this family that we described in the beginning, and Deuteronomy talks about that. Okay? And it happens right here. But it all starts with, and this is what we're going to zero in on, just, just a few more minutes, and then we're done. It all starts with me. It all starts with you. Normally, we're trying to look for these principles to raise these kids to do it right. But God doesn't start there. He starts with me. He starts with you. And he starts right here in the heart. What kind of relationship do you have with God? He said, that's what's going to turn your kids in the direction. Not the church. Although we want to partner with families. But it really starts right here. If we want that great family that we described, where there's a, this unconditional love, this unconditional forgiveness, this, this sense of security the kids grow up in, knowing that no matter what I do, my mom and my dad will always accept me just as God accepts me. That only happens when you have that relationship. Let's keep on going, all right? Now he go back to our text and look at verse 7. Interesting here. He finally gets to the kids. Notice what he says. You shall teach them. What's them? The word of God. Okay, keep following me there. We're almost done. You shall, that's the parent that loves the Lord with all of their heart, that loves to be in the Bible. You shall talk about what God says to you when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Is there any part of the day that that's not describing So, in other words, the person that's in love with God and has this great, intimate relationship with God, guess what they're always doing? They're not always yelling at the kids, do this and do that. That's not what it says. You're talking about how wonderful and how much you love your God. And you're talking about these wonderful things. You're talking to your kids. You're constantly talking. When when you first fell in love, how many remember that? How many are with me this morning? There's a few of you. All right. When I first fell in love, I mean, I could not stop talking about Judy. Constantly. I guarantee you my family was sick of it. Right? Well, what happens is when you're in love with God in this intimate way and you're, you're just listening every day to what he's saying... 
and, and you're in the Word of God, and you're, 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 you're praying to God, and you're, you're, you're crying, your kids see that. Okay, now, look, now watch my thinking here, all right, or, or the Bible thinking, as you're constantly talking, and you're not just dropping them off at church. You're not just going to church and then talking about the preacher later. All right, you're talking about how much you're hypocrites in the church. I mean, good night. We're all hypocrites at one time or another. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we're all a mess, and that's why we're at church. So God can help us to get out of our mess. All right? So, so you're always talking, and so your kids see that, hey, this, see, is it not true that kids see right through us? <laughs> you ever wonder why they always catch our bad flaws? They see us and the true us. Okay? So when, you, when you're in love, this, this relationship with God is, listen, this passion for God is caught before it's taught. See, our kids love us, and we're their world in the beginning. And when they see that we're passionate about God, then that's caught. Now, it doesn't maintain, but then you begin, because it's, it's easier to teach a person that's, that's yeah, I want to I know what mom knows, and I want to know what dad knows. It's easy to teach them. But if you're not passionate, you're trying to cram something down their throat that, that, that they know you don't believe, I mean, they're spitting it out as you're telling them how much God loves them. It doesn't flow. So God starts, it starts with an intimate relationship with him. You, as the parent, it starts with you. When you have this intimate relationship with God, then he says, turn to your kids and talk about this relationship. Talk about how wonderful God is. Talk, now, now let's, just, let's just revisit this idea. You come in the house as a child, and every morning you're hearing your mom pray. And she's asking for miracles. She's asking for big things. Okay? I mean, she's asking for big things. And a child hears that, and then they go on playing. And they keep hearing it every day. And they keep seeing her in the Word. They, they, they just, they're observing her life. And then they see God answering. Why is God going to answer? Because he said that in Psalms, that he will cause them to prosper in everything that they touch. So God begins to work these miracles in, these people, in, in, in your, your mother's life. Don't you think that's going to make you and say, you could grow up and say, man... I just didn't hear about the great miracles. I saw, I experienced. They say, ah, that can't happen. Well, let me give you an example. Pastor Glenn even, I'm almost done, okay? I think we're doing really good, okay? Pastor Evelyn, I met him in, when I first surrendered to preach, and he was a six-foot-five burly guy. I mean, his hands were like this. And you had to shake him like, you had to get wrapped your hands around like that. Big burly guy. Well, his dad was bigger than he was, and he, he would tell me about his growing up. He remember when he was 18, he walked in the house, and he smarted off to his dad. Now, of course, he's a lot older. So he said, I smarted off to my dad, and I found myself outside the door on the ground. I woke up. That's the old days, right? That's Bobby Knight's teaching. That's not our teaching, okay? But he became, he, he, he got involved in a lot of bad stuff. Uh, he actually is the one that went around for the unions and broke people's hands when they didn't fess up and, and some of the mafia and all that kind of stuff. He, he was actually doing that stuff. But his mom was a godly woman. And they had 10 kids. 
And he's the only one that really ventured off. There's four other preachers in that family, okay? He didn't surrender till he was 32. Five preachers. This is what he said. He said, my mom would have a prayer time. And she would pull her apron over her head to try to get away from all the kids. And that was her quiet time. And she would pray out loud to God. Pastor said the whole time he was breaking fingers and beating people up and gathering all this money, he said, my mom's prayers, I could not escape them. Isn't that something? That was amazing. And so finally, he, he had to go to church. And he ran down to church, and he got on his face before God, and he cried out, and he got saved. Two years later, he finds himself in seminary. Where I mean, you talk about the, one of the best communicators I've ever heard in my life. Now, of course, he's, he's home with the Lord now but just a great man of God and, and, and really influenced, and me, a lot of people for Christ. But it wasn't because of him. It was because of that mom's prayers. Mom's prayers. Reached out years later and grabbed him. I guarantee you she prayed for a miracle, and from heaven she got to see it. And her kid turned around, not just turned around, but him being used by God to win multitudes of other people to the Savior. Okay? What am I saying? I'm just simply saying this. You want this family life that all of us wants for our children? It has to be genuine here. It ha- you have to have this relationship with Him. This love with all your heart, your soul, your mind. That, that, that just means simply He's your world. You have this relationship. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, that just doesn't happen. But that's what we're talking about. It's called the new birth. John 3, 3. I believe we have that here. Let's look at this. We're talking about this relationship. This relationship that we're talking about, this with all your heart, soul, and mind, it's called the new birth. And it says this, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless... One is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, where's the kingdom of God? Of course, that's up in heaven. So you can't even see it, all right? You're not going to be there, let alone see it, unless you have this new birth. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 tells us exactly what that's about. Look at this. But to all who did receive him, of course, him's talking about Jesus Christ, who believe in his name. Now notice this. He gave the right to become children of God. So the children of God, that's the new birth. You're born in a family of God. You say, oh, how do you know? Look at verse 13. Who were, there it is, born, and he goes, not, 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 born, then look at the last phrase there, born of God. That's the new birth. Okay? See, see, this is what happens. We, we go forward and we, well, if we receive Jesus Christ in our heart, then we're going to heaven. But what happens is we forget to understand that we have to be born in God's family. Now, why do we have to receive him? Verse 12 talks about receiving him as our Savior. Because we need a Savior. Why? Because we are sinners. (laughs) Amen? I mean, not just me. I'm the only sinner here. Amen? How many know I'm a sinner? Just a couple of people, but a lot of hands raised. Amen. You can put it down. Yeah, I'm a sinner. 
Everybody knows that. I'm a mess. Okay, so, so here's the idea. We're all that way. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Okay? So we need a Savior because we're sinners. We are sinners. So when he died on the cross, the Bible says he became our payment for sin debt. The Bible says that he is the payment for sin, but not for ours only, and here's the key, but for the sin of the whole world. See, when you get saved, you know, Jesus, when you truly get saved, he becomes the payment. You receive what he did on the cross as your payment for sin. I mean, and then instantly you're born in God's family. This is what, this is what um, uh, John chapter 6, verse 23 talks about. The wages of sin is death, separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so, so here's, here's the idea. To be born again, to really begin that intimate relationship with God, to be part of his family, we have to receive what Jesus Christ did on the cross as our payment. We receive him as our Savior because he's the one that paid our sin debt. That is what saves us. That's what brings us into the family of God. That's what begins this intimate relationship with God. That's it. That's the first step. Then, all of a sudden, you have this desire. Not that it needs to be fanned, of course, but you have this desire to, to know God, to know His Word, to walk with Him, to pray. You have this, this unnatural desire about God. But you don't have that desire, and you can't flame that fire till you start with this new birth. It's so simple. This is where it begins. So, this morning, we're starting this new series and this morning, we're zeroing in on the, on, on the family. Next week, we're going to talk about it's a phase. Aren't you glad your kids are just going through a phase? They're going to get out of that phase. Let me tell you, there's another phase. I have six of them. There's another phase. Not just one. There's several phases. Okay. So, so and then we're going to talk after that. We're going to talk about fighting for their hearts. Next series, these, this is a great series. But here... We really can't go any forward until we get this matter settled, okay? Have you, remember he talked about you, have you personally received Jesus Christ as the payment for your sin? Have you received him as your Savior? That's the question. So, we're going to, if you haven't, we can settle that today, okay? That's our goal, and I I promise you, I'm almost done. So, So, let's bow our heads just for a moment. Okay, everybody just sit still right where you're at. Instruments, just sit, sit still just for a second. Okay, it, band, just hang on. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, you might have prayed a prayer, but you know you didn't understand that he was the payment for your sin, and that's what you were doing when you prayed. You received Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, where nobody's looking around, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. If you never done that I want to pray for you this morning no one looking around lift up your hand say by lifting up your hand you're saying brother Tim I'm not sure that I'm saved would you pray for me I will if you let me is there anyone like that here this morning just lift up your hand real quick I'll see it back down and I will pray for you anyone like that here this morning 
Amen. So if you've done that, you've trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior, you know you have. Lift up your hand and say, Brother Tim, no one's looking around. I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know for sure I'm going to have one of that. Lift up your hand if you've done that. Amen. Hands all over. Praise God. 